You know, where we start has a lot to do with the direction that we go. I call it making the main thing the main thing. Making the main thing the main thing. Uh, and just to illustrate this in how, how we start is that when, when I type on my computer, uh, particularly if I'm typing a quote or a document, I'll focus on the document and not on the computer screen. And if my fingers are in the wrong place, in fact, I want to show you something here. Uh, I did a little experiment. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just moving my hand over one key, that's what you get. Kiv, decurred, whatever that says. It's uh, just, one, just one key on my, with my left hand. It's gobbledygook. And, and the same thing is true of music. A musician will tell you that, it, that in terms of uh, playing the piano, if you're not centered on C, middle C, you lose the harmony, you lose the melody. It's dissonance and confusion. Um, where we begin has a lot to do with our direction. And what I want to talk about today is making the main thing the main thing. And finding our direction, no matter how good our map is, unless we know true north, we're going to get lost. To make the main thing the main thing. For that is what leads us to the goodness of God. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our redeemer. May these words be your words for all that I don't speak, O oh God, or misspeak. May you fill in the gaps that I, we may hear your word today. We seek it. We hunger for it. We ask for it. Thank you, God, in advance. Amen. Here's the setting. It's the last week of Jesus' life. He's just cleansed the temple, turning over the money changers' tables, confronting the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Herodians. And he's gone through a series of meetings with them because this hurricane of hatred is just being poured out on Jesus. And they're trying to catch Jesus. They're asking him double-edged questions. And what Jesus does is that he turns it around. He answers their questions with questions and embarrasses them before the crowds. In one particular case, uh, the last case that they ask him anything, they go away embarrassed, they slink away, and one scribe is remaining. It's, it's the first time this week that Jesus deals with just one of the religious leaders. By the account in Mark, we see that this particular scribe is sympathetic to Jesus and really wants to know what Jesus has for him. He, uh, he, he prefaces his question with, you have answered them well, or 
admirably or beautifully. And this is what he asked. Which commandment is the first of all? Which commandment is the first of all? This, this scribe wants to know, and it's a question that gets asked a lot in that particular day, probably even today among, in the Jewish community. Which commandment is, is first of all? It's an often debated question, among, particularly in that day among the religious leaders. They like to count and categorize the laws and, and to kind of set aside, okay, this particular law is one that we can probably ignore and get away with it. This one over here, we can find a loophole for this one, but this one here, we're going to have to follow it pretty strictly. You know, they were constantly kind of looking like a CPA does at the tax laws, you know. How can we get away with as much as we can get away with? Right? And, and we as Christians, we don't really understand this argument because we see the law as the Ten Commandments. And a lot of our young people even have the Ten Commandments memorized. We know them well. But when you take a look at the Torah... The law that is included in Leviticus, Exodus, and Deuteronomy, there are over 600 laws. And so this exercise of trying to figure out which is most and best and cannot be ignored was important for the Jews. Most of the time, Jesus would answer a question with a question, but not this time. He answers the scribe directly. With no hesitation, he says. The first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We know this as the great commandment. Um, and, and the scribe would have immediately recognized it from Deuteronomy 6.4. Um, in that particular day, it was called the Shema. And Shema means in Hebrew, listen, for this is most important. So Jesus has given him what he already knew. And in fact, the Shema was on the doorpost of the Hebrew home. It was, in many cases, worn on their body as a constant reminder of the main thing. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love. The Shema. That which is the main thing. The Shema is a declaration of faith. It is, it is a, a, almost a pledge of allegiance uh, to the Almighty. It is, it is what the good Jew would say every morning upon waking and every evening before going to sleep. It is the first prayer that every child learned as they were growing up to love God. And in this particular case, it is stated not as an emotion, but as a direct. And of all the words that there are in the Greek uh, for love, and there's four of them, I mean, I love Greek, I love the nuances, but sometimes I just want to go, why? Why so many words, you know? 
Sto means love of things. Phileo means love of brother or friend. Eros means romantic love. But the word that's used here is agape, divine love. And agape means a never-ending, unchanging, unconditional, all-consuming, sacrificial love. To love God this much. And here's what else is included in the Shema. The word helos is used four times. Four times. All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And helos is, is not just all. It, it, is, uh, it is the whole. In fact, helos means greater than the sum of the parts. That's a lot. You know, all? In other words, all your strength means greater than the sum of all your strength. To love God this way is all-consuming. It is the main thing. Isaac Watts put it this way in his song, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. William Cowper said this, he said, Lord, it is my chief complaint that my love is cold and faint, yet I love thee and adore, oh, for grace to love thee more. Spurgeon Dunham is most poignant in what he says, if Christ is not all to you, then God is nothing to you. He will never go into partnership as part Savior. If God be something, God must be everything. And if God be not everything, God is nothing to you. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It is the main thing. But Jesus doesn't stop here. Jesus doesn't stop here. And, you know, and it's, it's kind of at this point where I'm going, ah, Jesus is always doing this to me. You know, he really is. He's always doing this to me. He, he, he makes the obvious statement and then he connects it with something that convicts me. And you know what it is. You know the great commandment. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And true to form, Jesus goes to Scripture. It is Leviticus 19.18 that he quotes from now. It's a law, but it is not nearly as, as, as well known as the Shema. It is often forgotten among the laws. And the people who were standing there that day probably didn't know that this was coming because no one had ever connected these two laws. No one ever had connected these two laws to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love neighbor 
And to say, therefore, that within these two laws, everything else, everything else is contained. The main thing. And again, he uses the word agape, that we are to love neighbors with limitless and unconditional love, with the same kind of love that we would love ourselves, our family, our most cherished You know, it's pretty easy to love God. God made me. God created the world. God's all-powerful. Don't want to cross God. Right? But neighbor is another story. Guy said, um, to love the world to me is no chore. It's the guy next door I have trouble with. Do you know that guy? When we get to know each other, it takes a lot of love to care for each other. It takes a lot of love. Someone else remarked, to to dwell above with the saints we love will be grace and glory, but to live with the saints we know, well, that's another story. That's the real challenge. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love neighbor as self. And yet, this is the main thing. In in, in his book, Discover Your Mission Now, Dave Ferguson recounts a doctoral thesis that was based on an evangelistic effort that was done in Thailand. And And the experiment was this that they would have two groups of, of people that would go into Thailand, into the, some of the remote villages as well as the, more, as the more traveled villages. The first group would just be those who would knock on doors, share the gospel, try to convince people about Jesus, tell the story, and ask for a decision. Okay. The second group was to go to the villages and to start by blessing the people by offering some kind of help by seeing what needed to be done in the village how they could how they could transform the village and then to look for the opportunity to share the gospel and what they found is that it was pretty easy because here's these people coming into their village and doing things for them and you know what the question was Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And the answer? Because I believe that Jesus loves you. And let me tell you about Jesus. What happened was is that those who were blessing, their reputation began to grow. And the villages would anticipate their coming and they would open, open their doors to their, to their huts and they would, they would have parties in anticipation of, the, of these missionaries coming in. And, and they just could not wait for the missionaries to be there to see what was going to happen. And they were able to share Jesus like you wouldn't believe. The conversion rate was beyond their wildest expectation. While the group that was just logically trying to convince and knock on doors and just simply uh, argue with the people, their reputation dropped. 
In fact, the people began to be suspicious that they could possibly be working for the government and looking for evidence against them for one reason or another. Some people would not even open their doors. Other villages would, would try to block them from coming in. They had some success, of course. The Spirit of God can work through anything. What they found out is those, hear this, those who were blessing were 50 times more effective in sharing the gospel and people accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 50 times. This church has a long legacy of caring for this community, of being the church that cares, the church that is there for people, the church that is out in the community, the church that is available. Our mission to, is to fill every neighborhood with the good news of God's love. I believe God is calling us to love God with all our heart, with all our minds, with all our soul, with all our strength, and to visibly love our neighbors as ourselves, to live into the legacy that has been a part of this church for over a hundred years to make a difference in people's lives. And, and I truly believe that what happened in Thailand will happen here. People will ask the question eventually, why are you doing this? And when they do, we're going to be ready to answer and tell them about Jesus. Let us do all we can to fill every neighborhood with the good news of God's love. Let us be the church that cares big and loves large. Let us be the church that lives, not only is looking for, but lives the goodness of God in all that we do. Can you, can you kind of visualize what that church looks like? It's happening already. I see it happening in small ways, in little ways, in big ways, in different groups. During COVID, people that took their whole street and went door to door and left notes on the door. If you need someone to go to the grocery store and get you groceries, I will go and get them for you. And I will leave them on your doorstep so that you don't have to worry about it. And then I'll leave the receipt and you can pay me later. You know, people that cared for each other, that reached out to each other. And then they were able to tell them why. In, in a second, the band's going to come in because I'm about to quit, okay? <laughs> you know, um, it's always good when the preacher warns you can quit so you can kind of breathe and go, oh, finally he's finished. Um, so as they come in, I got some questions I want to ask you. And for you to think about these as we close our worship service today. How can I get better at what Jesus says matters most? The main thing. How can I get better at what Jesus says matters most? Second, how can I be the best neighbor I can be? 
third. If we moved out of the neighborhood, would anybody notice? Would anybody care? And maybe you would want to pray these prayers. Just simple prayers. God, help me to love you better today than I did yesterday. And God, help me to love my neighbors better than I did yesterday. This passage closes with Jesus saying to the scribe, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from the kingdom of God. Um, you know, there's only one thing we're close is okay, and that's horseshoes. Even to be an inch is too far away from Jesus. And, and what Jesus wanted this scribe to see is that even though he was close, he was still way too far away from where he needed to be. Even though he was just, just inches, if not just a few feet away from the king of the kingdom, it's too far. To put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. To learn and grow in following Jesus in all things takes a full commitment to make the main thing the main thing. So I ask you, are you ready for that today in your life? Are you ready to take that step? I know that some of you are all in. I mean, you're just ready to go and, you know, just take the leash off of me and I'm going. And, and maybe some of you have questions or doubts or wondering, what does this mean for my life? Or maybe you're at a place where you just need to know Jesus. I invite you today to take one step to say, yes, Lord. If, if you're at the beginning place to say, I believe in you, I accept you. I accept the forgiveness that you have given me of my sins and the new life that you're offering to me. Or I, I'm going to take the next step in, with my neighbors and with my commitment to you in all things. Or I'm all in. And I want to take others with me. For the main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing. I will follow is a song. It's real simple. It goes like this. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. And it says, whom you love, I'll love. Whom you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. And may it be so for us in all things.